is here for the Patrick Paolini perspective you are filling in. I am filling in. And Patrick, thank you so much for allowing me to sit in a big chair. I feel like I'm the boss. All right. <laughs> Let's do this. No, he is an awesome boss. And thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity. Well, you were Patrick's number one choice. Am to I fill really? In. Yes. He likes me? Yes. He really likes me? <laughs> well, I guess it depends on after this podcast. I know, right? <laughs> That's why I was hesitant to do. I was like, are you sure? If I don't see you again, guys, it's been real. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it could be your first and last appearance. We I know. don't know. Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, well, Maureen, we love having you on because you are so opinionated. You oh, have... gosh. Well, I love it. Do you get in trouble for your opinions? I do. Well, you know, it, by it's who? like, by, by and large, I think most people are like, I, I like you for, for standing your ground. But yeah. I think it always hurts when you have someone who so misinterprets what you're saying. Uh, because I don't think that anything I say comes from a place of negativity. <laughs> or from a place of hate. I just always want people to see another side and to have empathy, which is why I think whenever any issue you look at, put yourself in that person's shoes. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. if it's so uh, beyond what you would do or consider, right. just try it for one second. And that's the perspective I try to come to when it comes to really just about any any topic. Do you get a lot of back when when you say that people don't like your opinions or mm-hmm. don't understand? Is it, it's mostly coming from viewers, Fox oh, yeah. Five viewers? Yeah, and they're what tweeting you, emailing you. They're tweeting me, facebooking me. Um, you know, you should apologize, and how dare you? And I've listened to you for years now, and you just are all wrong and everything. I'm like, really though, really? <laughs> Am I okay? Well. If I cared, I guess, but okay. You well, know. But nonetheless, I mean, you, you say it doesn't bother you, but you're human. And you, you know, sometimes you'll think about, well, what was it exactly? Even if you don't respond, and I tend not to. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. It, mm-hmm. it just, no matter what, it feeds that little bit of doubt mm-hmm. where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, was I wrong? Was I, you know, yeah. did I have all my facts? Exactly. I, I hate that. But yeah. good for you. I, I think everybody <laughs> knows you for, for really having strong opinions. And I think making people, like you said, think about the other side. Well, so thank you. We'll do that today. Okay. We've lost to talk about we're going to talk about the catholic church Uh, omarosa says Mm -hmm. that president trump wants a race war and you know she continues to get a lot of attention so we'll talk about that and then i thought you had a great perspective on molly tibbetts who is the teenager out in iowa i believe who's been missing for probably a month a little over Uh, her body was just found um she was found dead so we're going to talk about that but kind of what that story represents absolutely in media because i I do think Mm -hmm. you have a really interesting point let's start with the catholic church you and i are both catholic we're raised catholic Catholic, um, you know, this story just keeps growing and growing as we see all the misconduct and just the terrible sexual abuse that's happened at parishes all across this country, but really mm. highlighted right now in Pennsylvania. I so am, tell me all your thoughts. I, I'm sickened. I, I'm sickened to the core that this has been allowed to happen. And I think somewhere we all knew it was happening because I've always, even from a child, mm. I've always questioned, why can't priests get married? Um, you know, there, there are fathers that I've met. And I'm thinking, I think he's not exactly straight, you know, but it shouldn't have mattered, but I always had those thoughts. As a Catholic, you know, I can't say that I've been a practicing devout Catholic my entire life because I've kind of wavered in and out yeah. practicing with other religions, just trying to see what fit for me. My family's very devoutly Catholic. My mom and dad, especially my dad, if he weren't married, I think he would have gone into the priesthood or something. Really? That's how devout he is. Yeah. Now, wait, no, just to give context, Maureen, because mm-hmm. you were, were you born in Nigeria or I just was. your parents? No, okay. I was born in Nigeria, lived okay. in between Nigeria and London until I was like six, seven years old. Then we moved to the States. Well, we always go back and forth. But, you know, uh, especially in African countries, 
countries. They were colonized. Catholicism was brought. You know, Christianity was brought. A lot of it was Roman Catholicism. So my entire family went from our traditional sort of, I guess people would call it pagan religion from my grandfather's, um, you know, time to being converted to Christianity. Okay. And Roman Catholicism was what we practiced. So my entire family was Roman Catholic. Most of my cousins have moved on from Catholicism to some form of Christianity, but by and large, we're all Christians. Okay. Um, And so this is something I've grown up with, you know, the church and the solemnity of being in a Catholic church, your reverence for for holy fathers, the pope, the bishops, the cardinals. Um, And you kind of thought they did no wrong. Right. But now you see these abuses. And when you read this report that came out out of Pittsburgh, the way they abused these children and targeted them, I am sickened. And I cannot understand how anyone who calls themselves a Catholic, a Christian, whatever you call yourself, can make any level of, of, of excuse. Cardinal Whirl in that mealy mouth, I did everything. This is a man who I, I, I really, really liked. I thought he was so soft-spoken, so inspirational, so holy. You know what, dude? Stuff it. I am so sick of this man. I you agree. sat there and said you did everything, and these children were being raped underneath your watch, and you even had an inkling of it? And the Pope, in this letter he wrote saying, you know, we failed the little ones, you are the Pope. Yeah. You can take a more definitive stance saying all of you out. Yeah. And I know it's drastic, and maybe you can say there are steps, but... At, it's been it's been decades. When I talk about this, the passion I feel is because I can't stand to think of a child. You are you're scared out of your wits, and here you have a grown person abusing you in any form. Yeah. The Catholic Church, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. Do I go to church? <laughs> it's with difficulty because I go I there and I, and I zone out. I feel like I've said this before. I don't go to church for the pastor, the pope, whoever. I go there for my personal connection with God. And this is just the medium with which I, I practice that faith. But it is harder and harder to go. I'm with you because yeah. it's so hypocritical. And to me, I feel like, you know, for them to preach any mm-hmm. anything at this point, you know, it's like every single mass, you should be addressing all the crap Absolutely. that's going on in your parish before you start telling me a story about Jesus and Mary and what I need to be doing. Let me tell you. You know, I mean, really. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like, and that's what drives me nuts about the Catholic Church mm-hmm. is like, they'll address it one mm-hmm. Sunday, come out with a letter or they'll put it in the bulletin. No, you keep talking about this every single day till everybody right. in that parish feels like you've talked about it enough. The same vigor which they talk about, you know, anti-gay marriage and abortion, that's the same vigor they should be talking about this. I mean, don't even get me started. We're talking about what happens in American churches. Have you even considered what happened in churches in other countries oh, where I they know. use the whole thing not just of being people men of the cloth but now you're white and so you're ready they're saying you're in the image of god the one that you forced down our throats and now you're like holier than thou the atrocities they've committed in other countries under the guise of the catholic church you know there's so much to be atoned for in this in this church and and i know other churches have their problems too but this right here is a crisis level and if you're going to win back catholics like me like you you've got to do a wholesale change because right now i'm sorry know. i'm pretty I'm gone not, you're, yeah yeah <laughs> because yeah. i just you know i'll never give them another dime yeah. i really haven't um you know i i do feel like catholics should speak with their wallets mm-hmm. um you know the catholic church is one of the largest landowners in the world the richest they, the richest mm-hmm. they have a ton of money um and i wouldn't give them a dime and yeah. i just think i don't know i really think this is the beginning of the end of them being 
influential and it kind of makes me sick even now seeing people like wait for the Pope and stuff it's just like really I mean I just don't even find him holy anymore see and I I did I did and 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 it didn't for maybe I had a disconnect I didn't think about the abuses and this is prior to the last time the post the Pope came um and it wasn't too long ago actually so the no abuse, it wasn't yeah, the abuses had come out it was 2002 where they the big you know the the thing blew up 2002 was the last big time um so I don't know. You know, it's a confliction you feel as a Catholic. Uh, you know, should you should you stay? Should you go? Is this holy? Is this not? And it's that Catholic guilt all around. But right now, it may be because I'm a mom. No, it's not. It's not because I'm because I'm a human being. Right. To hell with this. All of you, shame on you. Every last one of them should be strung up by their testicles. Yeah. That, that you know that are involved in this. And you know, feel the level of pain and 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 just anguish that you put these children and their parents through. Because some parents knew, but also felt like they couldn't say or do anything. Right. They felt you know? like yeah. I mean, it's such a massive yeah. institution. Yeah. How are you going? to and fight that. Let's not even just talk about the sex abuse. Let's talk about like the racism in that church because I've met some some freaking Nazi ass Catholic priests who would say some stuff to you like, but you're supposed to be a priest. Oh no. Some of the most evil MFs I've met in my life. I'm not Marie, kidding how you. How are you even, oh my God, are you raising your daughter Catholic? No. no. I, I mean, she I was baptized either. in a Baptist church, but you know, the thing again is the way I've come to religion, because I've studied world, world religions, and I think at the end of the day, you know right from wrong. Yeah, and you whatever do, you yeah. gravitate towards and whatever whatever you feel is the way you need to worship and feel connected to whatever higher being you believe in, that's the path I say you take. Yeah. The baseline of all religions is love. Yes. You know, and, and there's nothing loving about what we're seeing happening in the Catholic church. On uh, You can tell me it's one parish or I mean one one archdiocese no this yeah. is widespread and if they did another investigation like they did in Pittsburgh in Chicago here in DC yeah. you know Atlanta wherever Georgia you know you would find the same abuses through and through because this is not an isolated incident. What is your prediction for the future of the Catholic Church? There's been a lot of debate about that over the past week. Some people feeling like this is the end, that they really are going to crumble. Other people feel that, um, you know, they'll continue to survive. What's your prediction? I think in the U.S. it changes, but because it's such a worldwide religion, you have people in other countries mm-hmm. who still st- are steadfast in their faith and will continue to support the Catholic Church and hold on. To, I mean, you see them tweeting now about the abuses, talking about we need prayer, um, you know, I think you're always going to see that. So for that reason alone, the Catholic Church will survive. But I think it changes here in the United States where you see less, more of a loosening where the bishops are not and the cardinals are not the be-all to end-all. There are more checks and balances. And perhaps then that has a ripple effect throughout the world where now you have more checks and balances and things like these just abject and rampant raping and, and, and assaulting of yeah. women and children doesn't happen anymore. Do you think that this will be a tipping point to allow priests to be married more women on the altars? Because, I mean, my mom yeah. always said, like, if women had been more in charge of the Catholic mm-hmm. Church, this stuff would not have gone on. But, you know, the Pope, but, the Pope said, like, unequivocally, no. Like, under his watch, women will never come into the priesthood. So he has already said that. There are There is some talk of having uh, priests be married, and, and they're already in special cases. They've allowed married men to sort of get it, you know, to to uh, be ordained and all of that. But it's few and far between. I think that would help some. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I, I don't know, just like saying if, if you go into the priesthood and you're gay, does that make you a pedophile? It doesn't. So I don't know if that, you know, the, that right. they necessarily can make the link that because you allow them to marry, you're going to get rid of this. Maybe you just have more eyeballs. And I, I don't know. But I don't necessarily think that that's going to solve the problem wholesale. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, um you know, the blind trust, too, like yeah. you said, so many parents had. And I know my mom, you know, grew up 
very, very mm-hmm. Catholic. And like she said, you know, you really did believe, you know, if you ate meat on Fridays right. that you were going to hell. And, right. you know, the priests were like such prominent mm-hmm. people. And I think the good part is, is I think people are beginning to realize like, no, this yeah. is a person that, like you said, needs checks and balances like everybody else. Why do they, you know, if there's anything mm-hmm. unusual, I, I have a story of a girl that's working with me on my mm-hmm. other podcast show. And she said, you know, her mom went in. This isn't that long ago yeah. in D.C. because the priest kept wanting her son to stay later from altar boy oh, yeah, incidents. Ooh. And she was like, hell no. And went to the school. Yeah. And was like, why is this priest asking? Yeah. You know? And I think parents have to question right. them. Whereas in the past, a lot of people didn't because if yeah. you felt like, oh, it was the priest. And it, it was, was a, a privilege. Bishop. Yeah, it was a privilege. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, I told you my dad is so devoutly Catholic. If he hadn't been married, he probably would have gone into the priesthood. Actually, aunt, my wow. uncle was at the Vatican uh, with an was one of the priests who helped in coming up at Vatican II. That was the one that pretty much had all the masses translated into your native tongue because he was, he was one of the ones who raised the concern. So anyway, that's just to say, this is how deep we are in Catholicism. Um, when my mom and I talked about this, my mom was disgusted, and she's very Catholic too. Yeah. And she's kind of like, I don't, you know, something has to be done. My dad, on the other hand, not that he's not disgusted, but I get the sense, and he's what, 81, 82? He's more of the sense like we need to pray. You know, he's on, he's on that right. tip. I'm like, dude, Pray all you want. This is <laughs> happening. Actually, it's like the prayer. You know, I, I think a lot of people, yeah. would, I, I, and I totally understand your father, and a mm-hmm. lot of people in my family feel the same mm-hmm. way, but it's like prayer's really no good, and God always says that without yeah. action. Faith you know? without works is dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're, look, we're having like a total Catholic discussion. <laughs> Let's move on, on please. Okay, I'm just gotta... so sick of this story. It's like, it just, oh, I know, I know. It drives you nuts. Well, how about this for some breaking news? Molly Tibbetts uh, is the missing Iowa student who has been found dead, her father says. Now, this story's been going on over a month. I thought you had an interesting point because, um, you know, of course, everybody is is um, mourning this and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, feels for that family. And I feel like the only resolution or the only um, comfort they have is that they actually right, did find right. her, you know, because I think nothing can be yeah. worse than never knowing. But um, it does bring a big question of this story got a lot of national attention and why was this young white woman given that when it seems like a lot of women of color, kids of color go missing and, and, we, and we beat this drum all the time. And I don't want to make this a whataboutism type thing because everybody's loss is, to me, uh, your loss is, is a loss and it should be felt and, and, and we shouldn't trivialize it. But yeah, it, it's along the same lines. Why do we value some lives more than others? You have children right here in D.C. who've been missing forever. Relisha Rudd, that little girl that went missing mm-hmm. how many years ago? She's still missing. She ha- she wasn't, we, we've talked about her locally. I don't know that she made national news. And how many other women and, and kids have gone missing where we don't talk about the ad nauseum? Is it because this girl what seemed the quote unquote all American, you know, pretty white you, girl do you with think a smile. That's why it is, oh, why God, it yeah. continues. Okay, so oh, yeah. Molly fits that image oh, of yeah. the young girl next door, the, yeah. the white girl next door that. that Listen, if you, you and I went missing, you would get more coverage than me. Absolutely, because they, they, it then would be a whole narrative about who you were, what you did. They'd humanize you with, you know, your parents, your friends. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, they might dig into my background and find out, like, you know, I got arrested in college for protesting Chief Alinawick, you know, and, oh, she had a record. You know, that kind of that kind of crap, because mm. you, I don't know why it is that black and brown people, it, the immediate thought from the media is to demonize them somehow or yes. find a reason for whatever happened to them. This is why it happened. Whereas when someone is is, is white, it's always like, oh, let me empathize right away. It has why to change. Think, why do you think that is? You think that's partially entertainment business to blame? Do you think it's partially? It's our own personal biases. I think, think it's we've just, just all been raised in, in an environment where you're conditioned to think that way. And even as a black person, let me tell you, we're conditioned because you, even in my mind sometimes, you find yourself 
sort of saying, oh, well, you know, this has to be uh, something wrong here, but this other person, oh, no, they must have done something. Mm-hmm. We get conditioned in this society to devalue black and brown lives, whereas white lives matter, you know? Yeah. And, that, and that's why when, we, when people say black lives matter and someone takes offense, offense, I always ask, what are you offended by exactly? You know, and then you want to make this like some political movement. Why, why shouldn't my life matter? I'm not saying yours doesn't matter, but mine should matter too. You know, if I put that the word two behind it, too. would that make you feel better? But yeah. And I, I always think to white people who say that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I go, I, I become so much more aware, yeah. thankfully, because a lot of people have brought it to yeah. my attention. But you go places and you're like, you know what? White people are just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in lots of cases, you go to stores, wherever, and it's mostly white people, yeah. you yeah. know, and you're like, you guys have tons of privilege, tons of things. Mm-hmm. And I think about my own experiences, yeah. things that I got away with. And, you know, you it, it, completely yeah. a different case for Absolutely. some of my black friends. Right. And it's like when you become aware, you're like, yeah, there is no yeah. all lives matter. And, and the thing this is, is a, when you do become aware of it, I mean, it's like a kick in the teeth and the, the worst gut check. Because growing up, I grew up in a mostly all white environment. My family was pretty much one of the maybe the few black people in my grade school. And you feel like you're you're your friends. We're all the same. And then the day you realize you're not like you get treated differently. And the only reason you can explain it is because you're you're black and they're not. It is like, you know, when like your whole world gets ripped apart and you can't, and it hurts me because I look at my daughter and she's just so full of life. She's got, she's got Uh. friends of every background and I watch them playing, you know, like just this past week, the frolicking on the beach and, you know, having the best time ever. It guts me to know that one day she might experience that. Um, You know, and the thing that also pisses me off is when people say, oh, you're the one making this about race because you talk about it. Talking about racism doesn't make you racist. You putting a mirror up to something does not make you... What, you reflecting that does not make you the thing that you're against. Right. And when people say that to me, I have to step back and look at them and say, oh, thanks for showing me who you are. Yeah. Because if you can't understand this, and again, comes back to empathy I talked about, mm-hmm. then you're not the kind of human being I even want to be around. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't make this a, a, well, it's because of this and because of... The, no. Be a human being. Step right. back and say, is there any validity in what's the, what this person is saying? Even if you've never walked that step. You know, I've, I've not been Asian, but I can I can understand an Asian person's plight. Sure. You know, I've never been Greek, but if you tell me as a Greek person, you know, you took offense to when you're growing up, you know, your people telling you that the moussaka your mom made smells like crap. And, you know, you know I can right. get it because my mom cooks shit. I was like, I mean, I'm sorry. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, my mom cooks stuff. I was like, oh, dear Lord, no friends come over because this straight up smells like ASS, you know. But, you know, I'd eat it anyway, right. Leon. No, I think that's a really great point. And it's, um, yeah, I've loved becoming, I I always say, like, I'll never be fully awake because Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, unless you're truly living someone's life, it's really hard. But I just think it really makes me sad because when I think Mm -hmm. about, like, you know, for a long time, I I just always took for granted, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I give this example. Like, Mm -hmm. my mom, when I was growing up, like, if she would, we would drive by an abandoned house that was for sale, she'd just, like, go, look, open the door and walk in. Never once. We never right. thought we would be shot, arrested, right. nothing. My mother was like, oh, they won't care. Mm-hmm. You know, what are they going to do? And, you know, the hard part for me is, like, I always operated mm-hmm. for many years, like, oh, well, anyone can do that. Why would anyone think differently of you? And it's, it makes me sad sometimes to think, like, that people yeah. are treated so differently. And for years, and, I thought the same way until I realized I couldn't. And then it's right. like, holy cow. But yeah. the thing about you, Sarah, which I absolutely adore, is that you are singularly one of the, the, the main 
the main person I know who you try to put yourself in other people's shoes and you know I, whether it's consciously or subconsciously but I really really give you a lot of kudos for that because you go to an extra step to say let me try to understand and even if you don't totally the fact that you right. can make that effort says a lot about who you are and that's why you know that's why I F with you oh <laughs> Well, thank you. Well, I appreciate it. I really do because the only thing that I can ever equate it to is, you know this, I, I talk about my weight journey mm-hmm. all the time, but, um, and certainly I'm not equating this to being black. No, but it's, or, a, it's but, a struggle. But yeah, I mean, I know what it was like to have people single me out, mm-hmm. not invite me, say things, and I can, you know, I know what that was like. Mm-hmm. So I cannot imagine what that must be like if that's the color of your skin. Right. Because to something some you can't change. Something you can't change. Because mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. change your weight yeah. to some degree. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I know, it's like I never want anyone to feel that way. Yeah. And there were lots of times that no one ever stood up for me. Like, right. just my mom. Right. You and know, the, who was the, like, oh, I love that you're fat. Exactly. You know, you know exactly. like, okay. You're the I think one. the thing also is the presumption people make when they when they look at you and they just automatically have, like, this whole script for who you are. Yes. And what they think you are. Yes. That pisses me off to no end, you know. Yes. It's like, don't, don't even assume or claim to think that you have any clue yeah. what my life journey has been like. Just like I would never think I know anything about you. Right. So, you know, I guess it's just, it's, it's human nature. We want to put people in boxes that make us comfortable. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Let's move on to yeah. Omarosa who continues to make headlines. Speaking of race, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Our girl. Um, so what do you think? No, she's basically the latest thing to is She's come out and she says that president Trump does want a race mm-hmm. war. He wants division in this country. What's been your whole take over the past week as another tape was released, um, several days ago on MSNBC mm-hmm. from Omarosa. How is your whole thing about this? You, I, I, you know what? <laughs> She's still not invited to the picnic, as the black folks would say. But um, <laughs> I think a lot of people are still angry at her. Uh, but I will say she is giving Trump a run for his money. If anyone understands his psyche, how he fights, it's her. And she has said he's met his match, and I believe it. Every time they say she can't back something up, she drops another tape, or she has something to corroborate what she's alleging. A lot of it we already knew. If you if you if you've been paying attention, yeah. you already know what she's saying, what she said about him. You know, we, he's shown us that he that has a preference for people who look like him. So I I just think she's playing a very good game. Does Trump want to start a race war? I think he's too dawdling to even think about that. I think perhaps people around him like the division, like the animus around him, just so they can continue to pass legislation and things that they want to do. Um, When you create that kind of cacophony and noise, it just it, it leaves people in a state of like okay what's going on here and, and so underneath you can do whatever you want to that end I think maybe that's the race war but him personally I don't believe that he's the one sitting here saying now how can I plot this to where white will be fighting black etc I don't give him that kind of brain power like, he yeah. thinks too much about himself yeah. I think yeah. to ever orchestrate yeah. you know, it's all about him all the time that, that's what I think and I think she knows it too but it's, it's more convenient to say he wants to start a race war but I do think there are people within his cabinet, people within his, his realm, like it, working for him, who certainly would like to see the division played out on a greater scale, because then it can justify some of the things that they've wanted to do all along right. um, with more like definitive things. Okay, well, black people are attacking white people. We need to pass this law to incarcerate them at the, at, on site. You know, uh, It sounds crazy, but there are some people who, who think that. And so I think if you create this division or create the, the idea that there, there will be a race war, you can pass laws and do things um, to sort of um, maybe both your side a bit better. So do you actively feel like that is happening no. in the Trump administration? Do you feel in, like- in his administration? I I just I just see what's happening in the People just need to pay attention. And I think yeah. we need to we need to be smarter and less reactionary to every little thing. We're in a society where we react to everything. And in my opinion, 
you miss the big things. If you're, if you're, there are a lot of things you could be grieved about, and you should be, but you shouldn't always react to everything because then you miss the big things where you need to be focusing on. Right. So, you know, someone says the N word or something, everyone's up in arms. They should be fired. Okay, we all know that's horrible, but in the grand scheme of things, really move on because this N word this person said, look what's happening over here. They just right. passed a law yeah. that will allow, you know, them to come into, you know, to, to jail you on whatever it is, you know, and they're doing it systematically. They're changing the court system with all these judges that they're appointing who are who are on the bench, yeah. sentencing people and helping to make these things come to light. And you're sitting here worried about some idiot who said the N-word. Move on. That is not your fight. Your fight is much bigger. And we need to pay attention and stop being like as, as who, who says it famously, stop falling for the okie doke. Stop that because we yes. have the war. <laughs> you know, there's a, if you're talking about a war, there's a much bigger battle ahead than this little penny any stuff that we're talking about. Uh, they here. are great at the okie doke. Oh, yeah. Whether it's Melania Trump's oh, jacket, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. it, like you said, you yeah. know, the debate of the N word. I mean, I don't know at this point who doesn't believe that President Trump has used Come that on. word. It's like, yeah, I know. Come on. Okay. Let's get into right. the to the bigger issues. Right. I, I'm with you. I think I hope people are beginning mm-hmm. to really do their research yeah. and know yeah. what's happening. Do you think um, Omarosa has hurt his credibility at all? Not at all. I think we really? already knew who really? he is. Yeah, I think I think people. Know, if you didn't like him, you still don't like him. You know, if you did like him, you're more you're more bolstered because now she's this angry malcontent who's mad that she got fired and she's just talking. She used to be the darling of you know right wingers because she was this African American who supported Trump. Now all of a sudden she's persona non grata. You know, so it's like if you like him, you like him. If you don't, you don't. You're going to pick up whatever she says to validate your viewpoint. And so it's more of the status quo. I think more than anything, she's personally injuring him because he cannot believe that someone's beating him at his own game. Yeah, that's where I think that what we're really seeing happen there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she really has. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh my God, you know, and it's it's like you do follow every tape drop that she. Has. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, she really right. She's like more hits than the, than the Eagles <laughs> at this point. More streams, Amorosa. Wow, you know? I know it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, also, something a little bit later, we were talking mm-hmm. about this um, company in Wisconsin now oh. that has implanted <laughs> embeds microchips in its employees, and they claim that their employees love it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Squ- Three Square Market is a technology company that provides self-service mini markets to hospitals, hotels, and company break rooms. Last August, they began one of roughly 50 employees, or yeah, this one person that gave the interview, at its headquarters in Wisconsin who volunteered to have a chip injected in their hand. Would you do this? Say one now. <laughs> Okay, if this is not the height of stupidity, so you're going to voluntarily let the company you work mm-hmm. for implant anything in you under the guise of expediting what check-ins, checkouts, whatever. Yeah, it allows you to crazy? enter secure buildings or book train tickets. It's one of very few places where chip implants have now been implemented and are almost fashionable. Where Ooh, who, and you can like buy that? things, swipe things. Well, okay. this company's trying to make no, it that th- way. This company clearly has like some paid post- spokesperson who's <laughs> going around saying this is the best thing and employees like it. I think employees working here in some kind of prison release program where they're forced to do this because you're not going to tell me any right thinking person says yes company that I work for please implant me I don't care how good your benefits are I don't care how much you're paying you but who like you know the security here at Fox 5 has gotten to epic levels let me tell you so this I don't care if they make you do a jigsaw puzzle dance nude I will still be swiping that car you're not implanting anything in me 
ever. I, I mean, I look. I'm always forgetting my badge here. My but you still, card. but you're still in the building, aren't you? <laughs> and you're not implanted with anything, are you? No. Can you imagine? Like now this. they have tabs on everything because, of course, it's just to get in. But you don't know what you know. Now they have your medical records, you know, your conversation, any and everything. You're you're open fodder for this company. And what are they going to do with that information anyway? You oh, know, I know. Um, they're going to clone you. Is what they're going to do. I you know I'm a conspiracy theorist. You know, of course, this article says that only some of the information mm-hmm. stored on the chip is in the hands uh, of your employer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay. So like say- Facebook saying your privacy. <laughs> Please, as, if anyone believes this, then really you've been under a rock for like the last, what, 20 years now. I do have to admit, you know, I love the idea of the convenience, but I think at the end of the day, no one is going to agree in mass. Um, no. You know, they're trying to test this at this company in Wisconsin, but... I think it's pointless because I don't think you're going to get and majority. And what are the medical ramifications for you? I mean, you've got this foreign agent in you. What's it going to do? You know, might it migrate? Would it now say, now we've got a new kind of cancer that no one's ever detected before, and we just found out it's, it comes from whatever is in this chip that's leaching into your body, and there's absolutely, you know, this is the one that kills you, like, on site? No, you know, you, you don't know. So I'm not, I'm not really a fan of that. You've really thought about this. You've I, gone I'm to, like... You, I'm all for conspiracies. I really am. Are you? I, I am. What's I'm your a, favorite conspiracy out there? Do you have one that you'd share? Oh, my gosh. Which one? We are just talking about this. Um, is Elvis still alive? What no, about I don't. I, no, okay, this was the JFK. Thing I think I think it was an inside job. Really? Oh, totally. That whole commission, whatever the commission was that came out the report. I think whatever you can make a report say whatever. I don't think that it was just a lone gunman. I think that for sure, like it was an inside job. People wanted him out of there. They concocted this whole big thing. I mean, there was just too many. There, he was there, too much t- about unity. Totally. Yeah. I mean, there was there was there, there was too much happening that you're going to tell me just randomly. He goes on this trip, and one one dude, one dude just takes it out, plans out perfectly. There there are too many. There are too many holes in the story for me to say like yeah yeah that's right no i think there's more to it really De- oh definitely that one we'll probably never know i feel like i feel like we do know there's more to it <laughs> <laughs> Maureen, look you have been great filling in it's been terrific to cover some political things some pop culture things and and things that are very relevant in the news where can everyone listening follow you maureen underscore ume this is on ig listen i'm trying to get my ig game up i think i said this oh, last time really? so yeah so you I'm know sure I'm but following give you. me like what should I post? See, that's my problem oh, with social it's media. Worst. It's the yeah, worst. You know, I feel like I, I, I went away and I was going to post some pictures and I was like, this is so gratuitous. This feels like I'm showing off. So I deleted everything. Uh, but anyway. No, Maureen, that's I, what it is. Yeah. That's what you need to show. You just have to either but show why? yourself nude, the, on vacation, oh, yeah. <laughs> or... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I low-key stalk people no on IG. Just people I like. I'm like, when were they last on? Ooh, 15 minutes ago. Why aren't you texting me back? Oh, you've got great stuff on here. A lot of Fox 5, Good Day DC. That's where people can catch you. Yeah, but that's like, okay, I, I th- but that's like literally that one page when you pop up, that's all the pictures I have. I've got like two, maybe 34 posts, if that. Oh, look at you all in pink. 800 okay. oh, likes. So that picture is one of my favorite because that's like when I went on that crazy diet and lost all that weight. And I'm trying to get back to that. And by the way, Sarah's right, diets do not work. I they mean, don't. I literally starved and lost like 35 pounds. I looked great, but I was so freaking miserable. Um, it, they never just, work. It doesn't. And I gained it. The, I did. It's, it's the I did. Worst. So now I'm back on this kick of, your, you know, I'm trying to get into your mindful eating, and I've I've really through Dr. Shilpi, right? Because she wrote this book, and a yes. lot of it is mindful eating. She's really good. Yeah, too. and I'm actually still intending to call um, your woman because I really think I I don't want to diet anymore. I just want to get off this roller coaster of feeling guilty. Yes, and then you feel amazing after you've lost, and then you feel guilty again because you started living life and gained it back. So, oh my god, anyone in the struggle, hey, I hear you. 
Oh, we I know. Hear you. I love this. Today, the Polini perspective has gone from politics to <laughs> mindful eating. <laughs> Patrick will be like, what the hell is this? He's like usually ranting and raving. Sorry, but, Patrick. But here's the thing. So, okay, and I'll say this because I know we got to go. Because the thing about it is, like, you know, when you're feeling dope and you can fit in everything, you feel like yes. every guy in the world wants you and yep. they do. You you know, dude, you guys are some, on some bull crap. You know, the same me that I'm on this side. If you can't love me at this, you can't love mm-hmm. me in the other one because either. So, the minute you gain the 25 Thank pounds, you. then they're gone. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, no, they don't leave me, Sarah. I don't know what oh. you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, that's an, all right. I definitely need your tips on that. All right, uh, follow Maureen Ume for short. You guys yes. always be following the Polini Perspective Facebook page. Patrick will be next back next week, and I'm at Hey Frazier. We'll see you guys then. Bye, everybody. Thanks, boss. Bye, bye.